I'm surprised you're not sick. Well, I'm sick, nearly sat in a hat. It's so cold today. <laughs> it is have you got, freezing have got, today. Have you got the heater on? <laughs> oh, yeah, I got it all. And I can't, I'm I'm all damn. Like, why can't I get warm? I'm like, what's going on with my body? <laughs> no, no, it's just cold. It's cold. Also, you're oh. used to growing up in, in LA, aren't you? So, you know. Thought I'd be better, but, you know, uh. we'll figure it out. Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of Where Did It All Go Right? It's lovely to have you on board again if you've listened before and if you're new to this, we hope you enjoy the podcast where we talk to guests about the pivotal moments in their career. I'm Ali Jones and I think you're going to love our guest, Jason Bell, who's a former NFL player and now presents the NFL show and the Jason and OC podcast. My husband's a massive uh, Dallas Cowboys fan, so I, he'll be most jealous that I was talking to you today. Tell him they might be in the Super Bowl. Seriously, if they could I, win the Super Bowl. If I tell him that, he'll lose his mind. So, you know. They could, they could, they could, they could, they could be in the Super Bowl. They're okay. one of the best four teams than me. Oh, okay. He was a contestant on Strictly Come Dancing and was named by Business Insider as one of the top 36 football players on Wall Street. So we sat down before the Super Bowl playoffs to discuss how he got to do the job he loves. I mean, Jason, it must be such a busy time for you at the moment. Do you sometimes wake up and think, what country am I in? What job am I doing today? <laughs> I definitely do. Um, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I think, I always, I always have this panic of, Oh, I've forgotten something, right? Like it's, 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 I've, I don't know what I have today. I don't know what's going on, but I stick to my calendar. I'm, I'm lucky enough. To, I just stick to what I got to do day by day. I review it the night before so I don't panic. But yeah, sometimes I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, you, you, you look pretty, pretty cool and pretty relaxed to me today. So that's all good. And, and did you always want to be involved in sport? Was, was that the big thing for you in your entire life? Well, I, I did want to play. I, I wanted to continue to play. When I was young, I just loved the sport of football. I loved the camaraderie. I loved everything that it brought. So I, I wanted to continue that. So you had to keep playing on every level. I didn't necessarily want to be a professional athlete. But once I was in college, I wanted to continue playing because I loved it. So that was the next step. So I've always kind of indirectly been around sports. So I know there's a passion for that, but I never kind of skipped steps. It was just whatever was in front of me next. Uh-huh. Take it one step at a time. And what about your family? Were they into sport as well? And were they behind you saying, well, actually, I think I might do this professionally? <laughs> my, my parents, they weren't really into sports. I mean, my dad was into cars. Uh, I grew up around cars, racing cars, things like that. He was an electrician, so he was always building stuff. Uh, building cars, but never really the, the sport of football or anything like that. But I had support. And I think that was really helpful is that I never got pushed towards anything. It was like, whatever you want to do, we'll support you, we'll show up. But it wasn't that parenting to where I was constantly getting coached. And right. I think that really helped me become self-motivated. That's the worst thing. I mean, I've stood on, on football pitches with parents at the side, absolutely shouting so loudly. And it's it kind of, I think it has the opposite effect. Do you know what I mean? It does. It definitely does. I think I've heard um, 
the late Kobe Bryant say something like this, where you have to let your kids kind of figure it out out there, especially mm -hmm. in sports, because you're yelling at them. And then one day you won't be, and they'll be listening for that. And if you're not there, uh, have they been able to figure it out on their own? So, yeah, I, I'm definitely the parent that sits there and just stays quiet. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Depends what the score is, doesn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> so, but for me, for you then, it was massive going to university and getting this, this scholarship. Can you just explain for a Brit like me who doesn't really understand how it works? So you're at university, you're, you're playing, but then how does it work to get, is there some sort of like uh, trial? to get to the next stage, to be a professional player? Yes, so you're constantly getting scouted and evaluated by the professional teams while you're in college. But at the end of your college career, or when you declare and say, I wanna go professional, you have things like the scouting combine where every team gets to look at you. It's really about looking at your medical records and making sure you're healthy, but then taking you and, and doing certain tests to your peer groups to see if you're elite or not compared to the best of the rest. So yeah, you have that at, uh, they have the national combine, they do that. And then they also come to your schools and do testing there. So yeah, that, that's how the process really works. They just try to make sure how fast you are, how high you can jump and are you healthy? <laughs> and, and do you remember those days when you thought, I, I, someone's in the building, this person's quite important because there must be quite a lot of pressure and stress involved in all that. In high school, when I was getting recruited to college, they would come to your high school and, and, you know, talk to your teachers and stuff. And you felt that kind of pressure, but it was definitely different when I was at university because they come to the practice field and they're sitting there watching you do drills and you're thinking, I wonder what they're saying. I wonder what they're writing down, but you can't really control it. You just go out there and, you know, I try to give it a little more that day, but I always kind of practiced hard. But for me, it was different and difficult because I got injured going into my the end of my senior year. I was already injured the year before, but going into the end, I broke my foot. So I couldn't even go to those combines. I had to just uh, they came to my school and I was able to run for them there. So it was an uphill battle for me the whole time getting into the NFL. Did you fail out of control in that respect then? Because, you know, you're almost at the mercy of what the doctors are saying, what the scans are saying. And even if you're being the best that you possibly can be, you you can't control what your foot's doing or, or other parts of your body. Yeah, without a doubt. And I had went through it the year before because I had hurt my Achilles tendon. So I'd missed an entire year and I thought I was never going to play again. So when I finally got back on the field and finally started getting healthy again, I, then I break my foot. But at that point, I told myself, you know what? I've overcome the biggest challenge. I've gotten back on the field. So I just stuck to the day-by-day, step-by-step plan I had with my trainer where it was like, these are the benchmarks we need to get to. Uh, this is how healthy you need to be at this moment. And just focus on those things because you're right. It's going to heal. It's going to The process is going to do what it's going to do. But I still had to focus on the little things I could control. And that was my mentality day-by-day. It's so intricate what you're talking about with your, your mentality and, and the highs. And there must have been sports, so many extreme highs and extreme lows as well. And you've got to be a real tough cookie to, to get through all of that. Without a doubt. I think one thing I've seen on the professional level is that there's a lot of talent, but it's how people from a mentality standpoint maintain sanity and how they overcome challenges. And the best players I've been around can do that. 
even when the moment is big and the pressure's on, it's like they find a way to deal with it, to compartmentalize it, uh, to handle it different than other players that might have the same amount of talent. And that's what I've seen about out of the best players I've ever been around. And it's also, I suppose, creating a balance. So sport and that part of your life is massively important, but it's also having time to do other stuff like relaxing with friends. And how did you... How did you kind of de-stress and, and what other stuff did you do to take your mind off all these big pressures? I know. Well, and, you know, in the off season, I felt like I finally had the opportunity to rest because there was so much pressure. I couldn't really relax during this season. So I took time off. I always try to take a vacation somewhere sunny and I would sit on the beach and I did a lot of reading. I would read stuff that had nothing to do with sports, um, just whatever I was into at the moment, but I'd be on the beach and I'd always take a snapshot of that picture. And I'd say, regardless of what's happening next year, go back to this place when you feel overwhelmed, go back to this location, this time. And that's kind of what I used to do. Even when I was training in the off season, getting ready, I would, I would sit down before I went out on the field on the grass and I would just remember that picture in my head. And it kind of always relaxed me and brought me back to understanding this is just a cycle. This is a part of it. You know, you're not always going to feel like this. You are going to have times where you're relaxed. Yeah. That's so, so wise, really wise. Cause you know, you, you know, weren't, you, you weren't an older person. You're quite young. <laughs> where did it, where did this wise chap come from? Probably a lot of my mentors. I, I was lucky. Uh, I've, I've had different mentors at different parts of my life. Uh, one of my major mentors, who's still a huge influence on my life, he had went to UCLA where I went and he was also working with my agent and he, we spent a lot of time talking about this stuff. Mm. We spent a lot of time talking about things outside of football and trying to be a better human and trying to have solutions to problems that occur in, in everyone's life. So we just would talk through it. So I always had him whispering in my ear. And you talked about loving sport, being part of a team and, and being with the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans and the New York Giants as well. For you, you are with Houston Texans for a bit longer, weren't you, than all the other teams. So were they the, the team that you've really felt a big part of? What, what was your, I mean, it's difficult to take sides, particularly in your job now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Houston, spent a lot of time there and it was a new team. So we got to build a culture, which was very unique. You usually plug into a team and it has an existing culture, but I was a part of the beginning of that. So that was fun. But I will say I identify with the Giants more. I have a lot of friends over there uh, when I got to the New York Giants and a lot of people in the organization who are still there. And I grew up a New York Giants fan. So once I started playing there, I had this kind of like, oh, I love this team, right? This was my <laughs> this is my fave childhood team. So a lot of my friends are are from that team. And then it was the first time I really got to tie into an organization that had this culture that I was kind of ready for. I was older and I adapted to it very well. And even though that was the end of my career and I retired there, it was a very special place for me. So that that would be the, the place I identify with the most. And, and all the traveling as well, you know, we, we talk about the injuries and there's, it's tough being a sportsman, but the traveling as well, it's difficult to, to make routes, I imagine. Yeah, but you know, I, I think I love that. I love traveling, being different places, experiencing different things. That's why I'm in this country now. That's why I'm, you know, living in the UK. It's because 
I really enjoy this experience. And um, I've always thought I would be this kind of person that would live everywhere, definitely not be home in California. Once I started playing, I figured who knows where I'll be, who knows where I will uh, call home. So I think this was a part of my journey. My best friend says it all the time. He's like, man, you used to talk about this. This is, I mean, this is, this doesn't shock me at all. And I'm like, I really did, didn't I? <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, the traveling part is, it's fun. It's unique. It's not for everyone, but it definitely mm. is for me. Well, that that's good. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> and um, and as well, I'm I'm interested to know when was it during your playing career that you thought, I'm not going to be playing forever. I need to make a plan for what I'm going to do next. And you've managed to move on in such a brilliant way with your broadcasting, but also uh, with working in in wealth management as well. So when was it that you thought I need to have a, a plan B? Wow, college when I got really? hurt. Yeah, when I got hurt. I knew, I thought I'd never play again. And I remember thinking, well, what do I want to do? And I had a passion for history and art history and all that kind of stuff. But I remember looking at a financial magazine and I thought, you know, I'm walking around UCLA and all these classes and I don't know what this says in here. So what am I doing? So that's when I knew I was going to go into some sort of finance. But then once I got to the NFL, the first day I was in there, a friend of mine who's a NFL coach now. He was a great player. His name is Aaron Glenn. And this guy was a star, but he looked at me and he told me when I, this is actually when I got to Houston, my second year, he told me, what is your exit plan? And I thought my exit plan, you know, I'm playing pretty good right now. Like I'm, 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 I'm thinking of playing for a long time. And he's like, you need to have a plan for if this ends today. And at that moment, I started working on it. Everything I did was gearing up towards the end. So even though I was focused on football and playing and getting better and all that was the priority, I always was, I always in the background was thinking, okay, how am I setting up these chips in case they fall for what I'm doing in the end? And so I always had a plan from day one and I could see a lot of people that didn't and I would try to talk to them about going through that process too. And what was their reaction? Uh, did they kind of say, what are you talking about? I'm too busy with my career. Or, or did they say, oh, hang on a minute? Because I also imagine, because Osi had a kind of different experience to you, didn't he, when he played? Because, you know, he didn't have the injuries that, that you suffered. So did you talk to him about it? What, what was their reaction? Yeah, I talked to a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys about it, but everybody's situation was so unique. That's why I knew I was going into the wealth management side, because the conversations I would have was, hey, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do this. Okay, to do that, these are the things you have to do now. And these are the decisions you have to make now. So we would have conversations where some guys had the motivation to go out and do second careers. Well, then let's take those steps. And if you don't, you need to behave like you'll do nothing else. So let's make good decisions now. So everybody was willing to have the conversation. It was just molding it towards what direction they wanted to go in. And that's really how I built my clientele while I was playing. Yeah. You know, all those people knew uh, what I was about, what I was trying to accomplish. So once I retired and went into finance, they were like, we've been hearing this from you for years. So yeah, everybody was willing to listen a little bit. And what about with your daughter, if she ever said to you, right, I want to go into sport, uh, because it can be a short career, but you've been through it and you've obviously thought about it as you were playing. Would you recommend her do a career like that? 
Uh, yeah, I'm pushing her towards it now. Oh, are you? Fighting me at every inch. I just want her to play. It's not necessarily about being a having a career, but it's just playing, especially youth sports, because what that did for me, and what that prevented the pitfalls it prevented me from falling in, I think are very important. You learn so many skills from sports or or anything, taking on challenges. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be sports, but just ups, downs, failures, not being the best, all that. I just think you find a lot about yourself in sports because those challenges uh, you're faced with on a daily basis. So I'm yeah. pushing her. <laughs> <laughs> Whether she likes it or not. Yeah, she's going to try eventually. <laughs> is she into American football? She kind of is yeah Yeah. you know she goes to the games out here and she loves it so she really she really enjoys that and then on um i think it's uh roblox or something she plays they got they have the nfl now oh do they and she's yeah and 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 she's showing me stuff and i was like yes my master plan is working (laughs) so i'm trying to get her to play i want her to play nfl flag it's so fun they have so much and 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 the girls and boys play together when they're younger yeah. So I, I really wanted to get her out there and, and do that. But I'm working slowly. It's, it's, it's Step uh, by it's, step. It's that email that you challenge. sent to, the email you sent to uh, Roblox HQ saying, dear Roblox, <laughs> I think it's a good idea if you had an NFL game. It's working, isn't it? Can you it? make this happen? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So um, but I'm interested in the pivot that you made. Obviously, uh, sport that you were playing, then pivoting while you were kind of doing it into to wealth management. What about the broadcasting? and the the whole TV presenting and the podcasting. Wow, it's a complete accident. <laughs> the one thing the, the one thing I always wanted to avoid was this. I didn't really enjoy even when I was playing, I I didn't enjoy the camera, I didn't enjoy the interviews. I didn't if you were at an event, everybody wants to walk down the red carpet and be seen, I would walk in the back and around like it wasn't my thing. That's why I loved wealth management. I liked being in the background. Mm. I didn't need to be the star. I don't need to, I don't need that attention. I love football and what that brought. Like I love being on the field, but I really didn't need to be a star and I felt like being in front of the camera that's what most people liked. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And so when I fell into this because OC came over here and and um he had they were starting a television show because of him and then our relationship and they were like, "Do you want to try it?" The first thing that made me really enjoy and fall in love with it was the challenge. I, I saw something that made me very nervous, very intimidated, and I did not necessarily think I had the skill set. So it was all about the work. And all I did was do the same thing I did in football, the same thing I did in finance. It was like, find the best people, study them, work drill 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 work on your craft you know try to get better look at the tape evaluate it and go back to your business and that's what i've done so this whole journey has been a challenge because i didn't want to do it or or when i started i realized this is nerve-wracking and i need to do more of it because it's a challenge that i need to overcome you strike me as the sort of person then that you you like a challenge you like that adrenaline rush uh, sport is all about building up to a big moment. And I guess you could say that being on live television is building up to that moment and then nailing it. Yeah, you you know, I'm I'm very when I'm willing to take on challenges and then I start it and then I'm thinking, oh no, there's a game. Oh no, there's a there's an outcome. Oh, I have to perform. 
and then I feel that anxiety. But that's when I know I'm headed the right direction. So it's not like I'm a thrill. Like some people just love the challenge and they're all about it. I do like it, but I I like the process more. I like building up to it. I like the work. Right. I don't necessarily like the show, but the show is a challenge in itself because then now I have to go. The show to me is overcoming my fear mm-hmm. and letting myself know that I have done the work and I'm prepared for it. So, yeah. And now I have kind of indirectly, I have this (laughs) weird kind of lust for the pain that it takes (laughs) when I get out there. Like, I know I'm going to feel like, oh, that day. But then I'm like, you know what? You're just going to run through it. And yeah, it's it doesn't go away, but it gets easier. It's a little bit addictive, isn't it? I guess being on air. Yeah. But is is it it difficult, though, when you see all the players and you're like, that's what I used to do and I'm not on the pitch anymore? Have you got over that now? Oh, I've totally gotten over that. Yeah, I've gotten, I, I look at them and I think, oh my goodness, how are they doing that? You know, I, I'm just, oh, and then, yeah, they look faster, stronger, even though they're not that much. <laughs> when I look at it, when I get down there, I'm like, wow, you know, those guys are moving. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love what they do. I love celebrating their skills and their hard work. So because I'm really a fan, that's how I look at it. But I understand the nuts and bolts of it. So that's what I think commentating is all about. And and, and also sharing your knowledge and your love of it and, and building a bigger audience in the UK. I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it, that NFL is seeing such a growth. And with the, the Super Bowl coming up, we're oh. exciting times, isn't it? I, I, I guess you're getting all, all geared up for going over there. Oh, yeah, I enjoy it. And I, I really enjoy doing this here. I couldn't imagine doing it anywhere else. Like I wouldn't, I've had opportunities to go back to the States after all the work we've done out here, but I wouldn't want to do it anywhere else. And it's because of the fans. It's my relationship with the sport has grown because of the fan base here. Hmm. Uh, I feel very attached to it. It's, it's really unique. Uh, My love for the game is really increased because of what I'm doing here and who I'm speaking to. So I, I don't think I'd be this much involved in the sport even though much I love it so much if I wasn't here. And the growth is all because these fans. I mean, even since the day we started, we walked down the streets, O.C. and I, and people will come up to us and talk to us about their team and, and how long they've been a fan. And the new fans would come up. And the people that would say, I don't even like football, but I like watching you. You guys look like you're having a good time, you know, and I'm just watching the game with you. And I'm just like, you know what? This is cool. This is what it's about. So I feel a sense of honor and loyalty to the fan base here, man. I, I just, I, this is just so unique and so cool. So who's going to win then? The Super Bowls. You probably can't tell us yet, but you've got, my husband's a massive, massive NFL fan. And he was saying it's been quite an interesting season this year because there's been a few surprises maybe, but who's your money on? Yeah, he's so right. It's been so many surprises. I don't know. You know, I started off with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to stick with them. I thought at the beginning of the season, they were the team. It's going to be hard. The Philadelphia Eagles look really good, too. The Cincinnati Bengals look really good. The Buffalo Bills. But I'm sticking with Kansas City. And I love their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm a big fan. You looking forward to going to Arizona and seeing Rihanna? 
Oh yeah, halftime shows are the best, man. They're amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I just lose my mind every time. Like, yeah, it's it's happened. You would think I have seen it before. Every time it comes up, I'm taking pictures, I'm dancing. Ozzy's like, calm down, man, relax. He's just looking at me, laughing. But I really, I I enjoy it so much. You see the crowd, they go wild. I mean, you're at a concert. You forget you're at a football game. Yeah. You- All of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, they have to play another half of football and like, do you okay. do you forget that you actually have to work after it as well sometimes I, I need to chill out because i'm so excited and moving around and i sit down and i'm like i gotta catch my breath and talk like <laughs> what am i thinking here you gotta i gotta i gotta <laughs> keep the energy levels so yeah it who, is definitely a mistake who was was the best one do you think the, the halftime show in the past do you think well, I mean, I loved what they did in L.A. last year. I mean, you know, with having those are my childhood. You know, I saw Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. Like, I grew up watching that. So for me, that was that was it. I am excited about Rihanna, though, really, because this is I'm a huge fan. So, yeah, yeah. the last one for me, though, was special. And, and I guess you talked about at the beginning about how lovely it is working as part of a team when you're playing the football. Mm-hmm. But broadcasting you're part of a massive team aren't you and with OC as well are you somebody who really enjoys working collaboratively always said I am probably my biggest skill set is I'm a really good follower and I know who to follow and I've done that throughout my career of my personal life everything like I I really can see the good in people who to follow and that was OC Uh, we've been friends since we were playing but once we started this journey together he kind of set the tone for how we were going to do this And every time we show up to work, whoever we work with, they always say, man, this is so fun. I enjoy this. Feels like we're not working. Every time I come in here, uh, you know, I just I just don't want to go home. And and people talk about how different that is in in production and and, and doing stuff. You know, sometimes the the so-called talent comes in and they're they just act differently, like they're not motivated or it's just not a fun, cool environment. And that's what we're all about. Like, it's so much respect. It's so fun. It's so much energy. And everybody that's working on it, I would say, feels the same way. And that that was really Osi who set that tone. You get the best out of people as well, don't you? If you're not being a prima donna yourself and everyone is having a good time, you're going to get the best show. But I'm interested in the fact that you said that when you wanted to go and work in the media and that wasn't your thing, you'd go into premieres around the back door and you didn't like the camera. Why did you do Strictly then? I was frightened. <laughs> I was out because I was so scared, I had to do it. I remember talking to Osi about it and let's be honest, they wanted Osi first. Okay. Okay. And they wanted OC first. And OC was like, listen, I'm not going, but you guys need to call Jay Bell. He'd be good on this. And they're like, okay. And then I had an interview with them and, and I, I could see it was going some places. And I was like, I don't want to do this, OC. And he was like, you have to. And I was like, I do, don't I? And and so I sat down and I thought, I am so scared. I'm so worried. All these bad things can happen. And I said, if I don't do this, my biggest fear in anything is knowing that I backed away from a challenge. And it's because when I finished my career, the last game I played in was one of my most difficult. Uh, It was a playoff game. I had to switch positions. It started hard. And I could have quit in the game. I had an out. I, I had a really good year up to that point. But I battled through. End up overcoming everything, playing well. That's the last time I ever touched the field. 
So my biggest fear in life is doing that again and looking at my daughter and saying, you know what, I'm a, I'm really, I kind of am a quitter. You know, in my, as I speak to her, I'm scared of that. So in this, I knew I couldn't turn my back because if people said, well, why didn't you do it? I'd come up with all kinds of excuses, but inside I'd know I was too scared. So I had to do it. And I'm so thankful I did. And you enjoyed it. It was worth it. Worth the pain. It was worth all of that. It was, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. The people that worked on it were unbelievable. And the challenges I had to face personally uh, were pretty difficult. I learned a lot about myself. I was reminded things of myself. And my partner, Luba, who is a lifelong friend now, just her ability to get me through, guide me through. I just appreciate everything I learned. Well, and I bet you watch it every year now and just uh, and just think, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. I'm glad I'm sitting on the sofa. I just am amazed at how talented some of these people are. Like, because I know how hard they're working through the week and then they do it. Every time they finish, I just feel this emotion like, you did it. Good job. I know how hard that was. Like, I just, I, I'm with them. I'm like, I know what it took for you to get through this week. Like, I get it. So that was cool. Oh, and are you pushing Osi into doing it another time? I mean, really, he 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 deserves it. He pushed you into doing it. Osi will never do anything like that. He doesn't <laughs> want any part of that. That's why he threw it my direction. So, if we were to look back at at the pivotal moments in in, in your career, I mean, my goodness, it's it, there's been a lot of planning going on there. Which is, you're quite stealthy, aren't you? You you were planning from from the get go, but as you said at the beginning, sort of step by step, and having some great mentors around you. Having parents that supported you didn't shout too much at the sidelines, but also having a, a, somebody in your corner like Osi, who really, you know, you're a team together. What have I missed? What what other pivotal moments have, have got you to where you are now, loving the job you're doing? Wow, I think we kind of covered all of them. Uh, you know, I would say that whenever I had a challenge, whenever I was in one of those moments, there was always somebody to guide me through. I was never alone. I'm very lucky for that. Uh, I had really good people around that were willing to take time and sacrifice to help me through and overcome whatever challenges I've had. So I never felt alone in those pivotal moments. And I think it's because when times are good, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm good to those people around me. So when times are hard, they rally around me and they've, they've helped me through. So I've, I've just, I've always been lucky and blessed because of that. And I've got this image of you when you say when things were tough, you'd go on the beach and you keep that picture of yourself on the beach in your head. And I guess, would you give that sort of advice to anyone trying to break into sport and do it as a professional career that you've got to keep, uh, keep, keep a level head throughout? Yeah, I mean, don't worry so much about the outcome. I know people say that all the time, but fall in love with the work, the process because you can't do it forever and, and who knows what will happen, but you can learn so much about who you are, what you are with learning to love the work. Mm. You know, like it's, it's not about obtaining the goal, like I gotta get here. No, love the process because that's what it's all about. And if you don't love the process, you might not, you might need to change and do something else because that's the hard part. If you love the hard part, all the success and the outcome, it, it'll come, it'll, it'll be easier. 
I was watching a, an interview with uh, the actor Guy Pearce uh, today and he had behind him on his uh, bookshelf loads of files and in every file is the film that he's been working on and he did it like a project and he kind of had the pictures and he obviously works really hard in the process just like you and I, I think that's probably the key to a lot of people's success is you've got to work really hard and I think a lot of people don't see that from the outset. They think you can just turn up well, in sport, you definitely can't. But in a lot of jobs, particularly broadcasting, they think a lot of people just turn up and you've got to do the prep, haven't you? Oh, you have to do the prep and you have to enjoy it. Because if you enjoy it, you'll do more of it. You'll get better at your your craft. And if you don't, there's going to be something else you do enjoy. Go find that. But yes, absolutely. I love prep and I love, I love the buildup. I stress myself out sometimes with wanting to get the work done. But when I'm doing it, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You know, it's like how people feel about working out some people, you know, they just do something. They just enjoy the work. They enjoy the sweat. Uh, that's how I feel about anything I'm prepping for, getting ready for as far as the film industry is concerned. And what is next for you then? We've got the Super Bowl. That's coming up. Uh, loads more matches. Um, but anything else, any, anything else that we should know about that you're going to be doing? That's it for now. Just straight football in the in the off season. I have some other things planned. I don't even know what they are yet. I've heard uh, whispers about them. But yeah, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. I really just focus on uh, the next challenge ahead. And that's just getting ready for football games week to week because, you know, I, I really love it. So great yeah. season we have. And, and, and the night before, always make sure you know what country and what job you're doing so you know exactly where you are. That is very, that is great advice, by the way. <laughs> it's really good to to meet you and talk to you. And right, I'm writing down then, did you say Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs for the Super Bowl? Yeah, right. You, that's an easy go with that. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's, that, that's safe. I mean, I picked them before the season. I might as well keep riding with them. Perfect. And we'll keep we'll keep an eye on you with your camera, really enjoying the uh, the halftime show <laughs> and getting distracted. <laughs> really lovely to I'm meet you. I'm going to lose my mind. You are. No, you're not. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you very much. It was fantastic to talk to Jason. He's so wise and got some great people around him as well and goes to that place on the beach when he needs to. I think we all need to do that, don't we? If you're into sport, we've got so many people with connections to sport on the podcast. So get your ears around episodes with rower Helen Glover, broadcaster and dog owner Andrew Cotter, former Paralympian Ade Adepitan, sports writer Oliver Holt, BBC Test Match special Henry Moran and sports commentator Rob Walker. And don't forget to rate the podcast and follow us on Twitter at WhereGoRight. Thanks for listening. And as always, to Megan Brownrigg for her brilliant production. We'll see you next week.